For the last uh, few weeks, ever since we started the new year, I've been preaching about the Holy Spirit and uh, talking about the gifts of the Spirit, the baptism, the ability to pray in tongues and what that does and how it enables us to connect with the Spirit of God and pray directly to God from our spirit. The Holy Spirit is an extremely important subject. Jesus actually made a statement, and my sermon this morning is, Who is the Holy Spirit? But just before we go there, Matt, I'm going to spring a scripture on you. John 14, 16, verse 7. John 16, verse 7. This verse came to me during the worship time, and if you ever see me grabbing my phone, it's not because I'm texting someone. I'm looking up a Bible verse on, my, uh, on the app on my phone. I turned to uh, uh, Paul here, and I said, Hey, buddy, I want to get back into the worship. Just look this verse up. It's come to my mind, and uh, that's why I just deferred to Paul here. Everyone say, Thank you, Paul. Tom helped too. Oh, okay. Where are you, Tom? <coughs> Hiding in the back. Thank you, Tom. All right. John chapter 16, verse 7. Jesus said, and this is the King James translation, but very truly I tell you. Whenever Jesus in the King James, it's verily, verily, I tell you. It's saying this is the absolute honest truth. I'm giving you a principle here. And he says, very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus actually said, it's to your advantage that he goes back to heaven. Jesus actually said, it is more profitable that I leave and I send you the Holy Spirit. Now, what amazes me about this passage of Scripture is, number one, we hardly ever teach it in church. It's not talked about much. And secondly, and more importantly, is if Jesus himself said, it is to your advantage that I go, you need the Holy Ghost. I'm going to send them to you. Why do we know so little about the Holy Spirit? And why do we have so little interaction with him on a day-to-day basis. Jesus literally said, I need to go. You see, God came in the form of flesh. And in the form of the body of Jesus Christ, he could only be in one place at one time. But if he leaves, he can be through his Holy Spirit, everywhere, with everyone, talking to anyone who's willing to have a conversation with him. And so Jesus said, it is to your expressed advantage. You will do far better off if I go to heaven and I send you the Holy Spirit because he'll be everywhere with everyone and he will And we're going to get into some of the things that Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do. Listen, when I pray to the Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. And Jesus has gone into the tabernacle in heaven, the real one. 
and he is the high priest forever. I have a pastor. My pastor is Jesus. We have a high priest, Jesus Christ, and the Bible says he's interceding for all of us. Jesus prays for you personally. Sometimes when I, when I start to think about these things that the Word of God teaches us, I think, how could I ever let myself get depressed? I've got the greatest prayer in the world praying for me and taking care of me. And then I have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead living inside of me. Wow. These are powerful truths, Nancy. You know, I, Amen. I think to myself, how am I ever supposed to take such powerful truth and zip through it inside of 30 minutes and get everyone out in an hour and at the same time bring home to everybody the reality of the power that is in us through the Word of God, through Jesus Christ, and through the Holy Ghost. Jesus is praying. Do you know while I'm preaching right now, now I've got some intercessors here in the church, and some of them are praying. When I crack a joke and nobody laughs, they pray real hard. Okay. But they're, they're praying right now. They're listening and they're praying. But do you know that right now Jesus in, is in heaven, and he's saying, come on, Father. Come on, Holy Ghost. You help that guy. He needs all the help he could get. <laughs> See, that's one of those jokes my intercessors are praying right now. <laughs> Jesus is praying for me. But the reality is, when you go to work, when you get in your car, he's praying for you. And when you start to talk to your father in Jesus' name, the minute you say in Jesus' name, and even before, Jesus stands at the mercy seat. And he's saying, Daddy, come on, this is your little girl here. I died for those promises that she's standing on. When my blood was shed on that cross, my blood was saying yes to everything that was in your heart, God. And she's trusting your character, and she's bringing those verses up right now. Father, I'm interceding for her. I'm in agreement right now. I love the fact that Jesus is praying for me. I love the fact that he's praying for you. It makes my job easier. <laughs> Intercessors pray. I guess my, my humor is just not getting there today. You understand that if he's praying for you, my job is easier. I'm really glad he's praying for you. Right, okay. okay, no more humor today. Let's just be serious, okay? But think about it. Jesus is praying for you. Jesse, he's praying for you. Lynn, he's praying for you. Zoe, he's praying for you. That, that's a powerful truth. Right now, Jesus prays for you. Patty, he's praying for you. That gives me such confidence. And despite how powerful that is, Jesus said, but there's another bonus. There's more. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. That's going to be even more profitable for you. So I'm going to ask you a question. Who is the Holy Spirit? If he's going to be, it's more profitable that the Holy Spirit come and interact with me than Jesus be physically walking on the earth 
If it's to my greater advantage and your greater advantage, I want to know more about the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing. We, we can ask ourselves, and the title is, Who is the Holy Spirit? When we think about Jesus, if I were to ask you who Jesus is, everyone immediately has a pretty decent answer, and usually you have an image. You see, while these images of Jesus probably don't look anything like he really looked, we get mental images of Jesus. We're going to put some of them up on the screen. And uh, here's a picture. There you go. Who's that? Okay, now nobody's going to answer. Who, Fred, (laughs) who does that image represent? We know he doesn't necessarily look like that. Hopefully he looks better than that. But who does that represent? Let's have another one. If you're from a Catholic background, you would recognize this image. And who's that? Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. You don't laugh at my jokes and you're going to laugh at her joke? Uh, Something's wrong here. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. This is a a young girl. Uh, This girl came from um, an, uh, an atheist background. Her parents were Russian. They did not believe in God. She had never heard the gospel. And this young girl, Anna, had an encounter with Jesus and painted this painting and told her family about Jesus Christ. Pretty powerful, isn't it? Now, does that mean that's what Jesus looks like? I don't know. But here's another one. And don't say Jim Caviezel. You know who that's supposed to be, right? The passion of Christ. We see, we recognize that image as Jesus. Okay, so I googled Jesus, the image of Jesus, and you you will get tons of pictures and different types of paintings of what Jesus is supposed to look like. So who's the Holy Spirit? If I google who's the Holy Spirit, this is what will come up. We'll get things like this. Or this. And. The Holy Spirit is not Jim Caviezel. All right, let's get that straight. There you go. The Holy Spirit, he's a pigeon. A dove. Now, now think about this. Every image we saw of Jesus, we saw a person that we can have relationship with. When we see images of the Holy Spirit, even though the pictures of Jesus are symbols of him, we don't know what he really looks like. Anyone talk to a pigeon lately? Let's have another one. The Holy Spirit. Well, we had another, we had another dove. Did we lose? All right, the Holy Spirit. There you go. That's a symbol of the Holy Ghost. Then we have the fire, the Holy Spirit. 
And another one, the Holy Spirit, fire. In the Bible, he was symbolized at times as a dove coming down on Jesus. On the day of Pentecost, they saw tongues of fire coming down on people, but the fire is not who the Holy Spirit is. He's not a fire. Oh, he's powerful like a fire. He'll cleanse and sanctify like a fire. He's gentle like a dove. But here's my point. We can see ourselves having a relationship with the image of Jesus. But did you know you're supposed to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit as well? Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go. I'm going to send you another advocate, the Holy Spirit. You see, in... uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, Paul is giving his salutations. He's saying goodbye. He's closing his letter to the church, and he says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you are saved by grace through Jesus Christ? May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God. How many of you are glad God loves you? God is love. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. This is Bible. You see, we read stuff really fast. We read stuff with a religious mind. We repeat things religiously. We need to dissect every word is inspired by God, and it has purpose. And God meant this to read. And may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. If I come to your house and we have fellowship, are you going to sit down on your chair and face the wall? Or are you going to face me and we're going to talk? I guess I'm not coming to your house. (laughs) Come on, if I come to your house, are you going to entertain me? Are you going to ask me if I want coffee? Are you going to sit down with me? Are you going to acknowledge me? Please answer and say yes. That's it. I'm not doing any pastoral visitation anymore. Fellowship. Can't have fellowship if we're not dialoguing. We can't have fellowship if we're not looking each other in the face. We can't have fellowship if I do all the talking. That's not fellowship. That's a monologue. Ah, I said hello to Cindy this morning before church. I thought last Sunday was her first time here. She came at the Christmas Eve service, I found out. So we started to have fellowship. She's informing me. I'm talking to her. We went back and forth. We had maybe three minutes of fellowship. I met her friend who's here for the first time, Donna, right? I was here Christmas Eve. You were here Christmas Eve too. Wow, I am slipping. It's all good. First Sunday morning, you're here with us, and it's Donna, right? Everybody say hello to Cindy. Hi, Hi, Donna. Donna. Now turn around and say hello to them. You see, you just had fellowship. (laughs) What, What am I saying? Fellowship is two people interacting. And 
Paul says, I want you to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We're meant to interact. We need to interact. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to do all the talking. He wants you to talk to Him. So sometimes when I pray, Galen, I pray to God, my Father, and I talk to Him like my Daddy. He is my Daddy. I love Him very much. I trust Him. In fact, I often say to Him, I say, God, please show me Your will in this matter. Because I don't trust my, myself. I don't make good decisions all the time. I want your will to take place in this area, in this area. In fact, just take over the whole thing, God. It's relationship. And uh, <clears throat> God says, I want you to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So I pray to God in Jesus' name. I pray to Jesus. I talk to Jesus. Sometimes... I don't physically see Jesus, but sometimes I sense his presence is so real. I want to just fall on the floor and hug his feet. I'm so thankful that he was willing to pay the price of my sin and that he died for me. I love talking to Jesus. He's my friend. I love him. He's God, but he's also my friend. He died for me. I owe him big time but he never holds it over my head. Hey, he will never hold that over your head. But I also have fellowship, relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I ask the Holy Spirit, I talk to him, and he talks back to me. And here we are at the beginning of a new year. And as your pastor, I felt strongly that God told me to teach the things I've been teaching this year. And I Normally, I would start this teaching and start with talking about Him, the Holy Spirit. And I really felt like God said, no, just talk about the manifestation. Talk about tongues and the importance of tongues and praying in tongues and the gifts of the Spirit. And, and just this week, I felt like God said, now I want you to talk to them about Him, the Holy Spirit. He is the third person of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I remember one time I was preaching and a friend of mine who happened to be here, grew up in the same religious denomination that we sort of came out of, still had that legalistic thing. Man, he got up me because I was encouraging the church to talk and pray to the Holy Spirit. And he got so legalistic, he said, no, you only, that's blasphemy. You only pray to God in the name of Jesus. He had me afraid. If God is the Father, and God is the Son, and God is the Holy Spirit, can we unzip this religiosity, please? Absolutely. The reason why it's important for us to have relationship, dialogue with the Holy Spirit, because He's the one who's with you on a day-to-day -day basis, and He will lead you. He will guide you. He will talk to you. He will give you inside information. And I don't mean gossip either. Okay? He'll give you important inside information that you need to know so that your life can be more successful 
and happier. Can I get an agreement? So let's see what the Bible says. First of all, this word fellowship comes from the word konania. And it literally means fellowship, literally a partnership. Guys, how many of you here are married? Put your hand up if you're married. You have a partnership. I hope there is dialogue. Because it's not much of a partnership if there's no dialogue. And if there's going to be dialogue, I hope it goes beyond just, did you feed the, the dog? I hope it goes beyond did you take the garbage out? How was your day? Yeah, it was good. Thanks for the information. How was your day? Yeah, it was good too. Okay, what's for dinner? Listen, if, if there's going to be a partnership, it's two hearts becoming one, sharing fears, concerns, excitement, joy, sharing dreams sharing the things that hurt us. Partnership. God's not sterile. Listen, some of us are really afraid of relationships. We've been hurt. Some of us don't know how to do relationships. And more and more, the generation that's coming up, they are so techno and so disconnected from interpersonal skills, we are rapidly becoming a, a, a species of mankind that doesn't know how to interact. Interact. Okay, we, we react well, but we don't interact. Relationship. That wasn't even meant to be a joke. And they're laughing. I, I, Keep praying, Jesus. No, we have trouble in relationship. Guys, whatever relationships you have in the natural, if you have trouble having relationships, hear me. God wants to heal you from some of the hurts and some of the fears. Don't, don't freak out on me. Inside, you might start shaking right now. You might get uneasy right now. Come on, tell that thing to be still. There are wounds that need to be healed. Listen, I would have every reason not to want to open up and be real when I preach. I've had people criticize me up the wazoo. I've had people that I've rescued their marriages, leave the church. I've had so many knives in my back I could actually drink a glass of water, walk across the lawn, and water the lawn at the same time. <laughs> but I won't be any good at what I'm called to do if I'm not real, and if I don't open up, and if I don't have relationship. Now maybe you come from a hurt place, a broken place. Maybe rejection has devastated your life, or the fear of rejection. Maybe inferiority has slapped you around the face so much that you, you are so convinced that you are, have no value or worth that you dare not enter into relationship. Please, please, 
Let the Word of God convince you otherwise. You have great value in God's eyes. And you need to get healed and delivered and set free from the wounds. But if we can't have relationship with people that we can see, how are we going to have relationship with God whom we don't see? How are we going to have relationship with the Holy Spirit? Look, my relationship with the Holy Spirit is absolutely paramount. It is very important. I'm always asking him to show me how does God see this situation? You know, I'm faced with a lot of different kinds of situations just like you. And I can judge people based on what I know about life. And if I make judgments about you, Joe, based on my history and my culture and my circumstance, I could totally misread you. I could even get offended at things that you do, and yet the offense I take wasn't in your heart and it wasn't what you meant. And so I rely on the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help me to read this person through God's eyes. Help me to feel their heart through God's heart. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He will convey information from God's mind and convey it to our spirit. And He will help us to see as He sees if we ask Him to. Look, Let's be honest, I love all my kids the same, and I really do, but they're all different. I have three kids, and the relationship is different, but I love them the same. I refuse to have favorites. But some, I have to ask the Holy Spirit, help me to understand them. They're a little bit different than me. Help me to get them. And the Holy Spirit will give you information like that because... The Spirit of God searches the mind of God and He will teach us the things of God. Can I get an agreement? So let's look at a couple of scriptures. John 14, verse 16 to 17. I read this last week. Jesus said, and I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. And that word advocate we found out last week is the word parakletos, and it means uh, an intercessor, a counselor, a comforter, a helper. Sometimes I need a comforter. If I don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, how is he going to comfort me? But because I talk to him, he talks back to me. And so I talk to the Holy Spirit. I say, Holy Spirit... I need you today. I'm facing such and such a situation and I really need wisdom from God how to handle this situation. Church, hear me. Love Jesus with all your heart. Talk to Jesus. But Jesus said, you must receive the Holy Spirit. I need to go. You need to have fellowship, interrelationship with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, he'll be your advocate, your intercessor, your consoler, your comforter, your helper. And he'll be with you forever. In uh, John 14, verse 25 to 26, a few verses after this, Jesus says, all this I have spoken while I'm still with you, 
But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said. The Holy Spirit will bring things back to your remembrance. Listen, when you're young, you want to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit so that when you get older, age doesn't show up. The Holy Spirit backs up your memory and reminds you of a lot of things. But Jesus said the Holy Spirit will teach you. He'll remind you. That's pretty cool stuff, but that can't happen if you don't have a relationship with the Holy Ghost. If you get locked up in this religious concept that you only talk to God and you come in Jesus' name, you don't have dialogue with this person, the Holy Ghost. And every one of us need to talk to him. I worship God the Father, I worship God the Son, and I worship God the Holy Spirit. Blasphemy, it's God manifesting in three different forms, but it's one God. Why shouldn't I worship the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, you're great. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for convicting me. Sometimes he comes and he puts the finger of God on areas of my life that aren't right. And Donna, I'm going to be honest, I developed a saying, I'd rather the ugly truth than the comfort of a lie. Yeah, I'd rather the ugly truth than the comfort of a lie. Because with the ugly truth, you know what's wrong and you know where you need to get to. But with the comfort of a lie, you're in deception. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And so sometimes he convicts me and says, Rob, that wasn't right. What you said, that's not good. You need to go back to that person and get it right. And I welcome him. Holy Spirit, teach me. If I make a mistake, show up. Get in my face. Let me know. Because I would rather have the uncomfortableness of the honest truth than the comfort of a lie. Can I get an amen? Jesus said he'll teach you. All right, how are we going? All right. Okay. Um, Luke chapter 12, verse 11. Luke chapter, sorry, 12, yep, verse 11. When you're brought before synagogues or rulers or authorities, don't worry about how you'll defend yourself or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. So in other words, this relationship should be so entrenched that on the spot, without given notice, immediately, as you need him to, he will give you the information in that nanosecond. Wow, if I want that to happen, I need to keep the channels open with the Holy Ghost and be talking to Him and building a relationship with Him. Amen? Amen? I love this. I love the Holy Ghost. He has, he has warned me. He has protected me. He has given me wisdom and insight. He has stopped me from putting my foot in my mouth many, many times. Many times. He's forever giving me good inside information. 
And so this sermon goes beyond just about tongues or the gifts of the Spirit. Let's talk about this person, the Holy Spirit. He's not an it. He's not a thing. He's not a dove. He's not a, a, a piece of smoke. He's a person. And we need to address him as a person and talk to him as a person and say, Holy Spirit, I thank you. You're going to teach me stuff. You're going to guide me. You're going to comfort me. You're going to help me. You're going to bring things back to my remembrance. And when I'm in a jam, when I'm in an awkward situation, when there's a potential conflict in a relationship and I want to react and say what my flesh wants to say, I thank you that in a nanosecond you will teach me what to say. Now, for that alone, every one of us should sign up to having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And all the husbands said, Amen! And all the wives said, what do you think I've been doing all along? All right. So these are some of the things Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 13, verse 2. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So here's the disciples they're worshiping, they're fasting. You know what fasting is? It's saying to your flesh, I'm not going to feed you. You're not that important right now. And fasting says to the soul, no, you're not going to play Mario and Tendo, and uh, you're not going to watch uh, Braveheart. You're going to set yourself away, aside, and you're going to get with God and spend time with him. People think fasting is just starving yourself. No, fasting is denying your body of what it needs and also denying your soul of social excitement. And you get away with God. And so the disciples wanted to be able to hear more from their spirit and not from their soul. And so they went into a fast when you deny the physical body and separate yourself from all the glitz and the fun and all the you know, TV and the movies, and you lock yourself away because you're going to have you and God time for a day or two days, your flesh and your soul become still and your spirit becomes more sensitive. Jesus fasted. He was led by the Holy Ghost, and where did he go? Into the wilderness to be alone. To fast is not just to deprive yourself of food. You're saying to your body and to your emotions and to your social needs, time out, I'm going to a quiet place with God. And in that environment, they heard the Holy Spirit. Now maybe one of them prophesied. Maybe two or three of them came up with the same, you know what, I feel like God is saying. But the point is, they got direction. They were told what to do next. You see, we need to live a Spirit-filled life so that we're hearing the Holy Spirit and He's giving us direction. Can I get an agreement here? Amen. 
And so he gave them direction. He said, set aside Barnabas and Saul for the work that I've called them to. Church, what am I saying? The Holy Ghost wants to give you direction in everyday issues. Why pray? Here, let's get analytical, okay? We like operating out of the brain. Okay, let's feed the brain for a minute. We'll be analytical. Jesus said, pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How many of you have ever prayed that? Your will be done. How are you going to know what the will of God is if you never ever talk to the Holy Spirit and never expect Him to talk to you? The Holy Spirit will lead you into the will of God. You need to have a relationship with Him. You need to, thank you, Harry. You need to recognize Him. You need to fellowship with Him, love on Him. You know, look, we offend Him. Jesus said, don't sin against the Holy Spirit. He's a person. And he is sensitive. He's the sensitive heart of God. And sometimes we offend the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's telling us, don't open that door. Don't go there. Don't go there. And we ignore him. And we do things we know we shouldn't do. We need to... Do I have your permission to be really honest? Good, because I was going to say it anyway. You just told me you're not going to get offended. We need to apologize to the Holy Spirit and say, you know, sometimes I tune you out. I hear you and I deliberately do my own thing and I know I pay for it later. And I disrespect you. And I'm sorry. I want to start tuning you in more. Because... I need you. And I think in the church of Jesus Christ, we need to, every one of us, pray that prayer because we have offended the Holy Spirit at times. He's trying to convict us and we shut him up and we don't pay attention and we do what we want to do. And then when we need help, where's the Holy Ghost? Come on, why aren't you talking to me? Church, we need to apologize to him just like you would to a person. If he's not an it and he's a person, that sometimes we need to apologize to the Holy Spirit and tell him that we want to respect him more and let him have access to our heart and to our actions. Good preaching, Pastor Rob. I needed to hear that. And I'm not trying to be silly, I'm just being really honest. I have to do this. I do it. I offend him sometimes. And this is a delicate relationship and I don't want to mess it up. He is symbolized by a dove because a dove is very gentle. I don't want to scare him off. If you want to tune him out, he'll just lift and step back. I don't want to live a life without the Holy Ghost. We need him all the time. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. So I want to encourage you in 2019, start talking to the Holy Spirit. This is scriptural. It's biblical. Uh, in Acts chapter 20, verse 23, Paul says, 
Paul had such a relationship. Now remember, Paul's the guy who said, I want you to have fellowship with the Holy Ghost. Well, Paul, in Acts chapter 20, he says, all I know is that in every city that I go to, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship are facing me. This guy was close to God because he was close to the Holy Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit talked with him all the time. Acts chapter 21, verse 10 to 11. After we had been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt and tied his own hands with Paul's belt and feet. And with it, he said, the Holy Spirit says... In this same way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. The Holy Spirit spoke to Agabus, and because he had a relationship with the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit will search the mind of God and bring revelation, prophecy, And he confirmed to Paul what Paul was hearing in the Holy Spirit himself. You are going to be persecuted. You are going to be handed over. You are going to go to prison, but God's with you. God knows what's going to happen, but God is with you. You see, in the church, we've lost this. And the only reason why we've lost this is because we don't talk about the Holy Spirit as a person and we don't encourage people to talk to the Holy Spirit and expect Him to talk back to you. The gifts of the Spirit are still for today. I'm going to share a very honest thing with you right now, okay? There's a situation that I'm dealing with in the church and uh, for about... Five weeks, six weeks, I keep asking God. I come to the prayer meetings every morning and I say, God, almost every day, almost every day, Dad, I see some red flags, but I really need your perspective. I need to know that it's not me. I need to know, are these red flags that I'm sensing coming from you? Or am I misjudging this situation? I want to see from your eyes. I want to feel from your heart. You know all things. I don't want to misjudge a situation. I don't want to misjudge people's actions. And, and it really has been a great concern. And I've been praying it every day, every day, every day. Saturday morning, I'm here for the prayer meeting. Okay? And I went out to the restroom, came back in. As I'm coming back in, this guy, Paul, he was sitting there or there praying, and he gets up, and he starts to walk out. And I figured, well, he's got to take a break himself. And he comes up to me, and he says, God said. And he started to give me the very information I've been praying about. Thank God for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Church, I don't know what your religious background has been, but please... Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. You need Him. Amen. Don't be afraid of the gifts of the Spirit. 
therefore today and God will use the gifts of the Spirit to help you be a better father, a better mother. He will help you with fear, rejection, anxiety, whatever you struggle with. He will help you and give you financial ideas. He will talk to you about your everyday life. The Holy Spirit will bring the mind of God to you. If you stop and have a relationship with him and put all the religious garbage people have told you aside, Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go so you can have relationship with the Holy Spirit. Amen. We'll give him the praise. Come on, let's stand. Last week, I didn't cover all my notes. I have copies here on the front if you want them, not because I think my preaching is great, but if you want the notes. There are copies of today's notes. I didn't finish every last verse either. Can I encourage you to hunger for the Holy Spirit more? Can I encourage you that he's just like Jesus? He's your friend. Talk to him. Welcome him. Talk to God. Talk to Jesus. Talk to the Holy Spirit. When God talks to you, he's going to talk to you through the Holy Spirit. He will talk to you through his word. Sometimes he'll use people. But For you to hear God's voice, the vehicle of transmission is the Holy Spirit. And he will take information that's in God's mind and he'll make it known in your spirit. It's one of the reasons why, and yeah, I'm going to go there again. It's one of the reasons why God gave a prayer language. You can't pray in tongues and your mind stay in control. It's not in control. When you pray in tongues, you're really praying from this other person, your spirit. And the Bible teaches, and go over the messages from the last couple of weeks, I've given umpteen scriptures. The Holy Spirit communicates with your spirit. And will bring the deep things of God's mind and make known to you what you need known. I don't want to be, oh, what an amazing pastor. He knows things about people. God speaks to him. Listen, I'm not setting myself up to be that guy. I don't want to be on a pedestal. I'm like you. Yes, God gave me the office of a pastor, and I respect it, and you need to respect that office. But any relationship that I have with God, you can have also. And the same closeness that I can hear from His voice, God wants to have that with you. And if I... If I try to get you to believe in me and, and, and I use these gifts as a cape, oh yeah, I'm so close to God. Did you see? God just told me there was someone with ringing in the ears over here and blah, 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 and they got healed and this person. And if I make it look like 
I'm so special, you'll look at me and think I could never go there. That's why I hardly ever stand up here. I'm just like you. If I can go there, you can go there. God wants relationship. And He can only do that not through our heads, through our spirit, with His spirit. Don't think to yourself, well, I'm not good enough. Rubbish. The blood of Jesus covered you. If, if I were to try to be good enough by my own merit, I'm not good enough. But we don't start with who we are. We start with who we are in Jesus Christ. Amen. And so I want to bring all of you. If you get more words of knowledge than me, I'll be tickled pink. If you start hearing from God as easy as me and better than me, I'll be thrilled. Listen, I was so happy that this guy heard clearly from God. He knew nothing. Now, don't misunderstand me. I didn't say he knows nada. I'm not saying he's an idiot. I said he knew nothing about that situation. But he became a messenger from God. He's just one of you. He's just one of me. We're all the same. I want 2019 to be a walk, a year, where you start to walk with the Spirit of God in a way you've never done before. God wants to get closer if we'll let Him in. Can I get an amen? Yes, amen. If you have never gotten freed up in talking in tongues and you want the Holy Ghost to start communicating with your spirit and you, you want to start hearing from the Spirit and not always control everything with your mind, I'm going to open the altar. And those people that I've asked to pray, would you start making your way down the front? Why don't you come too? You could pray too. Yeah. Whatever you need prayer for before you leave, if you need someone to agree with you for healing, they'll pray for you. You need someone to pray with you for your job, they'll pray with you. You need someone to agree with you for a miracle, a breakthrough, they'll pray for you. If you want to experience more of the Holy Ghost and you want to have a prayer language, they'll pray for you. They'll pray for you. It's not from the devil. It's from the Holy Spirit. And it will enhance your relationship with God. But whatever you do, have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Welcome Him. Wake up in the morning and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. You're my partner. I need you. We're co-workers. I need you. Lead me. Guide me. Teach me. And when I do things wrong, please show up. Get in my face. I give you permission to get in my face. Because I'd rather the ugly truth than the comfort of a lie. Can I get an amen? amen. I'm going to close in prayer. If you've never asked Jesus in your heart, and you'd like to, put your hand up. You've never asked Jesus in your heart. You don't know what it is to be born again. It all starts there. That is the most important thing. To have Jesus Christ in your heart as your Lord and Savior. Anyone here would like to ask Jesus in their heart? God bless you guys. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Father... 
I thank you for the word. I trust you. You know what you're doing. I thank you, God, you're building this church. I'm not looking to be popular. I'm looking to be right with you. I want to teach people what I believe you're telling me to tell them. Now, Holy Spirit, visit them. Come and visit them and help men, help women, help new Christians, young Christians, help teenagers, help elderly folk. Whatever their backgrounds have been, help them to start hearing your voice. Help them to have relationship with you. Help them to start experiencing you in their lives every day. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Jesus said this, If you, being an earthly dad, if your kids ask you for bread, would you give them a rock and say, Here, have at it? If they asked you for fish, would you pull a snake out of your pocket and say, Here, try eating this? He said, Even though you have the capacity to not always do the right thing, How much more when you ask your heavenly Father for the Holy Spirit, He will give Him to you. If you've never asked for the Holy Spirit, ask. And when you start to pray in tongues, no, it's not a mistake. Your head's going to argue with you. Because your head's always been in control of everything that's come out of your mouth. No, it's not a mistake. Your head's going to say, oh, uh, that's the devil. You're making it up. No. God's not going to give you a rock when you ask for bread, and he's not going to give you a serpent when you ask for a fish. And when you ask for the Holy Spirit, he's not going to give you a demon. He'll give you the Holy Spirit. Now, Father, bless these folk. You've given me a charge to teach them and lead them. I hope I'm doing it well. Holy Spirit, lead me so I could lead them. And lead them. Let this year be a year where they really come into experience with you, Holy Spirit. That they'll know you and hear your voice. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. If you need prayer, come on out the front. God bless you. Have an awesome week. Have an incredible week. Come on back next Sunday. And let's go deeper. God bless.